invite our, our one of our own ministers here, Evangelist Matthew Longmore, who will be speaking to us this morning. I want you just to uh, pray for him in the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, cover him under your blood, touch him, inspire him. Lord Jesus, let your words come forth with clarity. Speak to the hearts of your people in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We give him thanks right in his atmosphere right now, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, take control of the atmosphere. Lord Jesus, the technical uh, things that we have to work along with God. Lord Jesus, you take control of it right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we say thanks to you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Loose you in the name of the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord loose everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Minister. Hallelujah. Evangelist Longmore to us at this. Abind the forces of darkness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those who are listening online, on Facebook, on YouTube, abind the forces of darkness. Let the glorious light of God shine and make an impression upon your spirit and your mind, even now, in the name of Jesus. We come against a spirit of suicide in the name of jesus christ we say thanks in jesus name hallelujah evangelist long more to us at this time in jesus name hallelujah hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah. praise the lord we just give god thanks one more time just to be uh, online again as a family to lift up the name of jesus christ and to honor him. Uh, truly, it's a great privilege to be in the congregation of those who know Jesus. Bless the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so I greet uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I greet my pastor and family, to all the ministers uh, at Faith Deliverance, to all the wonderful saints of God, and most importantly, to all of our visiting friends. I greet you. In the powerful name of Jesus Christ, praise the Lord. It's that name that's made all the difference in my life. Because once I lived outside of the covering of that name, and all manner of hell was breaking loose in my life. But when I came back to the Lord Jesus, submit myself to the covering of his name, hallelujah, the Lord Jesus has put everything in place. Bless the Lord. And so today we're just going to uh, look in the scriptures to examine the word and to hear what the Lord will say to us. And um, the first part I'm just going to read, um, it's a number of verses. I will read and just take note of what the scripture says, and then we'll see where the Lord leads us from there. So if you have your Bible, please open it with me. Uh, to the book of Joshua, chapter 2. If you're on your, your devices, your, la your laptop, phone, iPads, you can just swipe and touch, and voila, you'll be right there. So Joshua, chapter 2, and I'm going to read in your hearing. Bless the Lord. Uh, the Bible says, and Joshua, and this is KJV, the son of Nun, 
he sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into a harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came in men hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house. For they, become to, they come to search out all the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them and said thus, There came unto me, but I wist not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of the shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out. Whither the men went, I wot not. Pursue after them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them the way to Jordan unto the fords. And as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side, Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any uh, more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now therefore, I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token, and that you will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. And the men answered her, our life for yours. And it shall be when the Lord has given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with you. Then she let them down by a cord through the window for her house was upon the town wall and she dwelt upon the wall. And she said unto them, get you to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you and hide yourselves there three days until the pursuers be returned. And afterward, may you go your way. And the men said to her, we will be blameless of this thine oath, which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window, which thou didst let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother 
and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto you. And it shall be that whoever shall go out of the doors of the house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head and we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head if any hand be upon him. And if thou utter this, our business, then we will be quit of thine oath, which thou hast made us to swear. And she said, according unto your words, so be it. And she sent them away and they departed. And she bound the scarlet line in the window. And they went and came onto the mountain and abode there three days until the pursuers were returned. And the pursuers sought them thought throughout all the way, but found them not. So the two men returned and descended from the mountain and passed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and told him all things that befell them. And they said unto Joshua, truly the Lord has delivered into our hands all the land. For even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. Praise the Lord. I give God thanks for his word. For a topic today, I'd like to minister from the topic, stay undercover. Stay undercover. As we look at the scriptures, we examine what the Lord would say to us in this chapter, we're looking at a story that depicts a very important and pivotal time in the history of the children of Israel. The children of Israel had just made it through the wilderness after being delivered from the hand of Pharaoh, going through the Red Sea with a mighty move of God. And now they have journeyed throughout the wilderness for many years and have finally come to the place that God has promised them, the land of Canaan. But when they get to the land, the scriptures tell us that they have some persons who are occupying the land. And God is specific and tells them that there are seven nations that need to go in order for you to occupy this land. There are seven nations that need to be uprooted and evicted because God being the landlord of both heaven and earth and being the owner of heaven and earth told Abraham way back in the book of Genesis that I'm going to give you a land and this land will be for you and your children and all of your family for the rest of time. But before I give you this land, there's some persons who are still uh, renting that land from me. They're still on that. It's borrowed land for them. But the type of behavior that they're going on with, I'm going to judge them, says God. He says the, the, the type of evil and iniquity that they're doing, I'm watching it. I have report of what they're doing to my land. I have report of all the vandalizing that they're doing. I have report of all the, of all the wicked deeds that they're doing. Uh, the scripture goes into details in the book of Leviticus and tells us in, uh, in Leviticus 18, many of the sins 
that these nations were doing. Uh, so we wonder what, what, what was the sin of Jericho? Jericho was amongst the group of those in the land who were doing such thing as sleeping with their father's wife, sleeping with their sisters. They were doing such, thing, such things as passing their children through the fire, sacrificing their children to a, a false god named Molech. They were doing such things that were abomination in the sight of God. And God said to Abraham, I'm giving these people time. But when the iniquity has risen up to the, its full extent, when their sins have gone so far that I cannot uh, 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 handle it or even bear to see it any further, there's going to be judgment. And so it's in the background of, of these circumstances that we see Joshua and the children of Israel sending spies into Jericho. Joshua sends them, and when they get into this land, the scripture says that two spies are sent. They find a woman named Rahab, who the scripture calls a harlot. and In modern day terms, she would be known as a prostitute, one who would sell herself for money, one who had no uh, great interest or value in, in her body being a temple of God, but who was not uh, bothered by selling it for money. But it's this same woman that when she sees these spies come into the land, and they're looking for a place to stay, she decides, I'm going to keep them. I'll take them in because I've heard of these men, and I've heard of their God and what he's doing all across the land, what he did in Egypt and what he did to the kings of the Amorites. And the scripture says that she keeps them. And while she keeps them in her home, someone sees it. Maybe perhaps it was one of her neighbors, maybe someone across the street that saw her bring them into her house. And they took this information and brought it to the king of Jericho. They said, oh king, this woman has brought in spies and she's keeping these spies of Israel, the same nation that we fear greatly that we fear is going to destroy us as they've destroyed the other kings in our land. And the king says, where is Rahab? Send a message to her and tell her, bring those spies to me. The anger of the king was kindled because he was in a position of authority. And now he's saying, I, I, I want you to send those spies to me. I want to have a word with those spies. But Rahab knew that if those spies went, then they would be destroyed. If those spies came to the king of Jericho in the mind state that he was in, she knew her salvation would be disrupted. And so Rahab hid the spies. She told uh, the spies to go up onto the roof and she hid them on the roof amongst the scripture says the stock of flax. And after hiding these spies, the Bible says that she told the king, let the, let, let the men go searching for them. Uh, these men left. They're not here with us anymore. They're, they're gone back to where they're at camp, wherever they are. And so the men went searching for these spies and could not find them. And as Rahab hid the spies in her house, she wasn't just going to hide them and then send them away. 
but she made sure to make a covenant with them. She says, listen to me now. I've been through enough in my life. I've been through enough turmoil. And now I recognize that our city, our nation is on lockdown. We're on a great lockdown. We can't even leave our homes. We can't go out of the city and we can't even, if we go out, we can't come back in. She says, we're, 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 we're on a great lockdown. The restrictions are in place. We can't move freely as we used to move because of the dread and the fear of your God. We can't go and, and do as we would like and go visit our friends in other cities because of the fear of your God. And she recognized now being in lockdown, being in a place where she's restricted and can't move. She recognizes that these two men were her only hope to be delivered. She says to them, listen, we know that your God is the true God. We heard about everything that he's done for you and there's no other God. She says, I know personally that God has placed our land into your hands. And she begins to open up to them and, and to explain to them that, listen, you are my only hope. And Rahab now, as she speaks with these men, she says to them, please make a covenant with me and give me a token. That word means give me a sign. Show me something that will, that will help me to know that I will be guaranteed this salvation. And they says, because of your kindness, because you accepted us, because you brought us into your house and did not deliver us to the king, we're going to show you kindness by making an oath or a covenant with you. And so they list, uh, they, they go through this covenant that has three conditions. Remember now, three conditions this covenant has. The scripture says that after they make the covenant with her, she lets them down the city wall by a scarlet rope. Remember that word as well, a scarlet rope. It's going to be important as we examine the scripture. She lets them down through the scarlet rope and then tells them to go into the hills and to hide for three days. Three days. And after they do that, the pursuers, those men that were searching all throughout the country, they're looking, for, they're going from place to place trying to find them. And they're without success. After three days, they come back into Jericho and the gates are shut and those two, two spies go back to Joshua and bring a report of what has happened. And it's interesting to note that their report is not like the others who were sent out by Moses into the land and came back with an evil report. Ten of the spies that were sent came back and says, we're not able to take this country. They came back and said, it's impossible. We're like grasshoppers before these men. There were giants in the land. Only two of them had a good report and a good testimony. But the scripture says that when Joshua sends out these two spies, they come back and they report to him what Rahab said to, her, what Rahab said to them. They come back and they report. They said, truly the Lord has delivered into our hands all the land. For even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. That report came from Rahab herself who told them that everyone in the country is terrified of you and your God. 
We are completely frozen in fear. We're on lockdown because of you. And so Joshua hears the report. And as we examine this text, it's important for us now to extract from the text the spiritual implications and the spiritual symbolism of this text. The Bible teaches us now that Rahab was a harlot. So as we're introduced to her, we recognize she lived an immoral life, an ungodly life, a life that was filled with sin. But Rahab, at the moment and at the time of her visitation, when the gospel, when the good news came to her doorstep, the scripture declares to us that Rahab opened her door gladly. It was at the moment when the spies came, they were able to lodge in her house. Maybe, perhaps to them, this would not have been the ideal house, being men of Israel, being men who are of outstanding character, who are upright, who fear God. They follow the laws. They follow the teachings of Moses. And they know there shouldn't even be uh, 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 staying inside the house of someone who lives such an unclean lifestyle. These things were forbidden in the law of Moses. Uh, in the law of Moses, such a woman would have been stoned. But in this text, the scripture says that they were lodged. They stayed there at the house of Rahab. She opened her doors. And when she recognized that these men had the ability to save her life, the scripture says that she hid them. Now, as we look at this scripture, there are some things that, that I would like to examine just for our understanding. Rahab, the Bible says, she lived on the city wall. And uh, we may not understand, but in those days, the city wall uh, was, was actually two walls. Uh, they would call it a casemate. There was two walls uh, that would be erected uh, in front of each other. And in the, in the middle, there would be a space, an open space. And in that open space, there would be places where people could build and, and have their lodging. And so Rahab, uh, based on history, lived in between these two walls. And so she li- it's clear to us that she lived very high up on the wall because she was able to hide the men on her roof and then let them down the wall by a rope. And so now we just want to examine the conditions of this covenant that she made. The Bible says that she let them down by the rope. And it's in verses 17 to 21 of this chapter that we find out what happened. The men said to her, we will be blameless of this thine oath, which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, that thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window, which thou didst let us down by. Number one, the scarlet cord. The scarlet cord was the means by which these men were let down and were able to escape to the hills. It was this same scarlet cord that they said 
tie it to your window. This is how we're going to know that when the time comes for us to destroy this city, because we've been given a commandment to destroy everything in this city, to completely burn it down. Everyone is going to die in this city because of the wicked acts that they've committed against God, the children that they've killed, the rape that has happened, the incest that has been going on. All of the evil that's been happening within this city has gone up as a stench before the nostrils of God. And God is saying, I'm going to destroy it by fire. But in order for you to be saved, I want you to tie this rope at your window so that when we see the scarlet rope, we will know that it's your house that we must come into to save you. And so the number one, the the first thing we see is the scarlet rope. The second thing she says, they say to her, bring your father and your mother and everyone in in your entire household to stay with you. Meaning if when we come to destroy this city, anyone is found outside of this house, outside of this specific place where you kept us, where you hid us, where you ensured that we were taken care of and fed. If anyone of your family is outside of this house, there is no room for salvation. If, there, if, there's, if the rope is not on the window and if the people are not in the house, they will not be saved. Thirdly, they say to her, uh, they say to her, and we, whosoever uh, will be with thee in thy house, his blood shall be on our head if any hand be, be upon him. Lastly, third thing is in verse 20, and if thou utter this our business, then we will be quit of thine oath which thou hast made us swear. Meaning, if you expose this to the king of Jericho, if this news, even if you tell your next door neighbor what has happened, even if you expose this, this secret to uh, your friend down the street or the one that you work with, your employer or your employee, this oath will be broken. Meaning if you don't keep this word tight, if you don't hold it dear to your heart, then this whole entire oath, even if the scarlet thread is there, even if all your, fam- your family is in your house, but you decide to break this oath by spreading it, and letting it out, you will not be saved. And so we see these three conditions of the covenant made with Rahab. And the Bible tells us now that the children of Israel, in chapter 6 of Joshua, they come to Jericho. And the Lord tells Joshua now, I give you specific instructions. When you get to Jericho, I don't want you trying to enter the city. I don't want you trying to to go in as other wars that we had. But this time, I want you to hear specific instructions. I want you now to circle the city for seven days. On the first day, march around the city and send the priests who will hold up the Ark of the Covenant. That, that a covenant where my two, where the commandments of God are written, where my presence is there. Walk around the city with my presence and walk around the city with my word and walk around the city with the seven priests who will carry seven trumpets. On the first day, make no noise. The people will say nothing. 
Just blow the trumpets. On the second day, I don't want any talking. I don't want any noise. Nothing. Just blow the trumpet. On the third, the fourth, the fifth, and the sixth day, the same exact thing. Walk around the city once with my presence, with my word, and blow the trumpet. And on the seventh day, I want you to march around the city seven times. And on the seventh time, I want the priests to blow their trumpets. And once they blow their trumpets, I want you to shout because I've given you the city. And once you shout, the walls will come tumbling down. Now, these walls were so high. They were so thick that they were impenetrable. The Jericho, although they were scared inside, they trusted in their wall. They trusted that this wall could protect them from the children of Israel invading them. Although they heard of all the works and all the miracles, they still trusted that this wall was so thick and was so high that this would keep us safe. And so Jericho, instead of sending out ambassadors to, to create peace, instead of changing their immoral lifestyle, instead of changing their wicked ways and, and repenting as, as, as the city uh, of Nineveh did when Jonah came to bring the message of destruction, the children of Jericho decided to lock themselves in, to put their trust in the wall instead of the God who can destroy the wall. And so they stayed there in the city, fearful, but feeling safe, fearful, but feeling that the walls were strong enough to keep them from evil, to save them from the hand of the God of heaven and earth. And so they hid behind those walls. And so God said, Joshua, after you do all these things, the walls are going to come tumbling down. They're going to fall flat on its face. And the scripture says, that on the seventh day, when the priests sounded their trumpet, when they sounded that noise from the shofar with the ram's horn, and that sound penetrated the wall, that sound penetrated the atmosphere. The Bible says that the people shouted unto God, and they shouted a noise of triumph to the Lord. And the walls came, dropped flat. And the Bible says that now they were able to go straight up into the city and to destroy. God told Joshua, do not leave anyone alive. Everyone in this place is devoted for destruction. Everyone in this land is devoted for destruction. I want you to kill utterly everything that moves, that breathes in here. But before you do all this, go to Rahab's house. Before you do this, get into the house of Rahab, the harlot. Find the scarlet thread. Find the scarlet rope. And once you find the scarlet rope, I want you to go into that house and bring out everyone that's in there. I don't know if she brought her mother or father, but if you go there and anyone is in that house, everyone in that house will be saved. Pull them out and bring them outside of the city before it's destroyed. And so Joshua gave this instruction. The men, the spies, they run up to the house. The spies, they look for the, the rope. And when they find the rope, they find uh, uh, Rahab sitting in the home, waiting patiently with everything. Her bags are packed and ready to go. Her mother, her father, sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles, everyone of the household who heard Rahab's word, who believed what she said, they were sitting there packed up. We don't know if there were some other family members that decided to tell Rahab, you know, 
what? That's foolishness. That's nonsense. There's no way that they're going to penetrate these walls. We don't know if there was a few who decided we don't believe you, Rahab. We're going to stink. We're going to stay with the king of Jericho. We, 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 we trust in this wall. I'm not sure if there were a few that, 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 that decided not to come. But the Bible tells me that all who were in the house of Rahab, all who were in the harlot's house, the one who was plagued with sin but received the message of hope, the one who was plagued with so much evil but received the gospel of salvation, all who were in that house were saved. And the Bible declares to us that they were brought out of the city and then the city was burnt with fire. What's the meaning of all this? How does this make any sense in our daily lives? What's the relevance of Rahab in the 21st century? I'm glad you asked. These three conditions, the scripture teaches us, uh, the Bible says that those things that were written in the Old Testament were a shadow of things to come. So when we read of the different festivals and the feasts that happened in Israel, we read of the Passover, and we recognize that the Passover was symbolic of Jesus Christ being the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. We recognize that when we read of the, the, the Feast of Trumpets, and we read of the Feast of Pentecost, and we read of the, the Days of Unleavened Bread, these all point to Jesus Christ and his work and his ministry in this world. And so Jesus says that everything in the scriptures, he showed his disciples that the scriptures, he opened their eyes to understand that the scriptures were really, everything that was happening was to reflect and reveal him. Jesus says that I want you to, 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 to the Pharisees, he says, search the scriptures. Because in them, you think you have eternal life. And these scriptures are the ones that testify of me. And so now we want to look at the relevance of Rahab. Rahab represents the Gentile church. She represents someone who was afar off. She represents someone who was from a nation that was destined to be destroyed. The Bible says, and we'll look in Ephesians chapter 2. We'll read a few verses. Praise the Lord in Ephesians chapter 2. Bless God. Ephesians chapter 2. And we will read from verse uh, 11. And down to around 19. The scripture says, and this now, as we listen to it, this is now speaking, uh, the symbolic nature of Rahab is found here. Wherefore, remember that you, being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens, that word alien means just strangers from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. 
We recognize that Rahab was in this position where she was an alien. That word alien, uh, I'll give it a bit deeper meaning. I remember going to the States one year. I had school. Um, at that time, I was doing a, a, a degree for school. And my school is in America. And I had to travel across the border to get uh, to my school. But there were some documents that I should have had in place in order to be admitted into the country for that particular reason. And I didn't have those documents signed. Um, I didn't recognize I needed them to be signed. And so I had my ticket ready to, to uh, jump on the plane and fly over to uh, the, the Virginia where my school was. I had everything ready, studied all my material, was ready to go. But when I got there, because I didn't have those documents, and because I was not a citizen of the United States of America, they said, although all of your other things are prepared and are in good standing, we can't allow you into the country. So they turned me back and they put on my, they stamped on my sheet, on my passport, something that said illegal alien. And I could, I said, I felt so, uh, I just felt so cross. I felt so uh, embarrassed, illegal alien. And it was at that time that I recognized that when they use that word, it means that I'm something foreign to them, something that does not uh, 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 belong here. Someone that has no entry, has no right of access, has no passageway into our land because you're not from here and you have nothing to certify you access into our country. You're an alien. And so for the Gentiles, we were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. The promises were given to Abraham and to his seed, to his children. The promise of eternal life and hope and, and, and this land was given to Abraham. The scripture says now that, that Rahab, she was outside of the commonwealth of Israel. She was outside of the covenants that were given to the children of Israel. But the Bible, the Bible continues saying, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were afar off are made nigh or made near by the blood of Christ. And I submit to you that the scarlet rope that was hanging from uh, Rahab's window was representing the blood of Jesus Christ. This was a sign. This scarlet, scarlet is, means red. It was a red rope that she let them down by. And it was that red rope that she had to tie in her window. Because when they see the rope, meaning when they see that symbol of the blood, that um, when I see the blood, that will tell me that you have been paid for, that you have been covered. I want you to stay under cover. I want you to stay under the covering of this rope until I get back to you. If that rope is not in the window, meaning if the blood is not applied to your life, then there's no salvation. But, 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 but what if I, 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 I do really well and, I, and I, I'm kind to my neighbor and I, I, you know, I'm feeding the poor, you know, I, I, all these things that our nation's not doing. What if I go out and I start doing it, spies? What if, what if I go out and I start helping the poor in the street and I start taking care of the orphans and I start put, giving my money to the widows? What if I do that, but the rope's not there? Even if you do all those things, if the rope is not applied, then you will be denied. If the blood is not applied, then you will be denied. It was the blood that was over the doorposts for the children of Israel. That the Lord says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. 
It's the blood that we have to put our trust in. The blood of Jesus. The Bible says we who are far off have been made close. We've been carried into the family of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. It was that blood that was potent enough to wash our sins away. It was that blood that was powerful enough. Although our sins were high, although our sins were so gross and disgusting in the sight of God as Rahab the harlot, although our sins were so deep and dark, it was the blood that was rich and pure enough to remove our sins from us. It is the blood that separates the sin from the sinner and turns the sinner into a saint. And so the blood now is applied. The scripture tells us there's a second part to this uh, covenant that was made. The Bible says, the second thing now, she says, it says, bring your father and your mother and all of your household into your home and keep them there. What does this signify? This signifies that there is only one way to salvation, and that's through Christ. We now, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except through me. He says, abide in me and let my words abide in you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you want and it will be given to you. We now have to abide in Christ. We have to now make sure that our trust is in him. If we, and this, this trust now, is, it, it, it's built upon the foundation. The Bible says that Jesus Christ himself is the cornerstone. And the foundation that is built, the household of God, is built upon the cornerstone and the foundation, which is the apostles and the prophets. The doctrine that they bring to us, that is what the church or the house of God is built on. And so if we want access, salvation that comes through Jesus Christ, we must find ourselves in the house of God. But you may say, but why do I need to be a part of church? Why do I have to be a part of this? It's just an institution. It does, I'll stay at home and I'll worship and I'll pray. Ask Rahab's parents if they decided to stay at home and pray to the God of Joshua. And pray to the God of Israel. If they decided, uh, you know what, I, 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 I hear what you're saying, Rahab, but I'm not coming. It's too, it, it's too much hassle. I, I'm here. This is where I have my things set up. I, I, this, the place is on lockdown. I got to stay in quarantine. I'm going to stay in my house. I, I can't bother to come into your house. I'm going to stay here and do what I need to do here. My food, everything is here. It's too cramped to come in your house. Look how big our family is. How are we going to fit in your one little room? But the scripture says, if they are not in your house, it doesn't matter if they're next door. They will die at the edge of the sword. They will be burned with, uh, with unquenchable fire. If we are not in the house of God, if we have not made our allegiance to the body of Christ, if we're not submitting not only to the, 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 the house, but the, the ruler of the house, they had to submit to Rahab's word. She's the one that had the message. She's the one that had the covenant. It was through Rahab's covenant that they were saved. If we're not submitting to the authority of the church that God has placed in order, then we will be 
we will be as those who will perish. And so the scripture says that they all came to her house. We have to stay under the covering of the house. We stay under the covering of the blood. We stay under covering of the house. The scripture says one more thing. It says, do not tell anyone of this oath you have made us swear. Meaning, don't break the covenant. What covenant are you under today? What covenant have you been brought into through the blood of Jesus Christ? It's the blood that brings us into covenant with him. And once now we're in covenant with the blood, we have to ensure that we stay under the coverage of the covenant. What is the covenant? The covenant is the words of Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus says, all those who hear my words and they keep them, they shall have eternal life. Now, it's important to note that we hear of this story in Joshua chapter 2. But another three chapters go by before anything happens to Jericho. Chapter 3, nothing happens. Chapter 4, nothing happens. Chapter 5, nothing happens concerning Jericho. The Lord is just preparing Israel. By chapter 6, no, uh, we don't know how many days that would have been. But by chapter 6 now, I can just imagine that Rahab is looking every day through her window. Wondering when are they coming back? When are they going to come to destroy this city but to save my life and my family? When are they coming back to deliver me from this evil city? The scripture says that once they now get there, I can just imagine Rahab looking out the window of the wall and seeing the camp set up round about and thinking to herself, yes, today is the day. Yes, today I'm going to be saved. Today, deliverance has come for me. But the Bible says that God told them now, march around the city one time. One whole day, just march and go back. The Bible says they march. I can imagine Rahab and the family saying, but, but, but what, what's happening? Why are they just marching? Why are they just blowing the trumpet? Why, why, why are they not doing anything? I can imagine by day two, she's excited just thinking, okay, today the Lord is coming. Today is the day of salvation. But by day two, they march around and they blow the trumpet again. Day three, four and five, I can just imagine that she, her patience may be weary. She may be thinking, oh my goodness, uh, uh, what's happening? When are they going to come? I can just imagine just the, the temptation for her to do something else. The temptation just to, to go out into the streets and, and to just do uh, a few uh, shopping for some items. And, and just go out into the streets and, and just, uh, you know, meddle with her friends. Have a conversation at the hair salon. Maybe she wants to just go out and, and get her nails done and, and get her hair done and, and just enjoy the, 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 the day. But the scripture says, if we come in there and you are not in the house, it doesn't matter if the, 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 the rope is in the window. But if the rope is in the window, but you're outside of the house, there is no salvation. And I could just imagine it feeling so, so tight for them, so confined in that room where they can't move, where, where there's not much that they can do. Because the word says, if there anyone is in the city, 
If anyone is in the streets, their blood is upon their own head. I can just imagine them sitting there in the living room, talking with Rahab, saying, when is Joshua going to come? When are these, these spies going to come and bring us out? I can just imagine them sitting there, feeling pressured. The, the, the heat of the sun is just boiling in the city, and they can't go out for a run, can't go out for a jog, can't go down by the river to wash. I can just imagine them feeling restricted, just as we are feeling right now in a position where we can't move much as believers. We can't do as we used to do. Uh, we, can't, we, can't, we can't go as we used to go. Jump on a plane and just travel over to Jamaica or jump on a plane and just travel over to England. We can't move as much as we want to move. But, but the Bible says that now because the city is shut in, the city is shut in and they're, traveling, they're, they're, they're surrounding the walls because something is about to happen. Judgment is about to strike on this land. And so she can't go over to the nations of the Perizzites and all the other ites that, that were in the land. She has to stay home. And as she's there, I can just imagine her saying, when, Lord, when is it going to come? When is my day going to come? And it was not until the last day, the seventh day, that day of completion, when the priest began to sound the trumpet, I could just imagine Rahab, maybe she was there. Maybe she could have been falling asleep, not, wonder, not knowing when it's going to come. But when she hears that trumpet sound, I can just see her sitting there with excitement, just wondering in anticipation, is this the day? Is this the time? And on the seventh day, when the fullness of time comes and they blow that trumpet and the priests make that noise and the people shout, the Bible says that the wall came crashing down. And I can just see Rahab excited, wanting to run out of the house to go down to them. But the scripture says, stay there until we come to you. And she's sitting there, seeing the walls come down, seeing the men of the city in chaos, in panic, running around, every man probably grabbing their sword, ready to fight. But she recognizes, I can't fight now. I can't get up out my seat. I got to sit here until they come to me. I got to sit here by this scarlet robe. I got to sit here under the cover of the blood, under the cover of the covenant, under the cover of the word of God. And as she's sitting there, I can see the men running up saying do not look to the left nor the right for we got to save Rahab we've got to get her and her household out of here I'm coming to tell someone today that the coming of the Lord is at hand the Bible says that at the last trumpet the trumpet of God shall sound and the dead in Christ shall be raised up first the Bible says Paul says behold I show you a mystery oh Lord that in a moment in the twinkling of an eye that at the last trumpet that the trumpet of God will sound hallelujah and we who are who are immortal will be changed to immortality we who are of this flesh and blood will be changed our bodies will be changed in the moment of a twinkling of an eye we who are associated with Jericho with the sin of this world with the sin that is destined for destruction that's devoted to be burned with fire the Bible says no more will I destroy the earth with a flood but this earth is destroyed going to be destroyed by by fire. There's fire that's going to come. Joshua had to burn that city up. But before he burned up that city, he had to take out Rahab and her family. Hallelujah. I want to encourage someone as we see 
Hallelujah. We're shut down right now. We're in lockdown right now. Fear is all over the land. Hallelujah. But I want to tell someone today, be like Rahab. Make your covenant sure. Tone down to the blood. Stay under the covering of the blood of Jesus Christ. Trust in the blood. Don't trust in your good works. Don't trust in your ability. Hallelujah. To pray and fast. Don't trust in your ability to help those who are in need. If you're not under the blood, if you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, buried in those waters, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to tell you plainly, there's no salvation. The Bible says, neither is there salvation in any other name, but at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. I tell you today, make your assurance, hallelujah, in the blood of Jesus Christ. You may be in the church for many years and feeling just to give up, to pull that rope out your window, to get rid of the blood, to say, I'm tired of this. Look how long they said they're coming and he hasn't come yet. Look how many times I heard the preacher preach that Jesus is coming back and he hasn't come back yet. I want to encourage you today. Don't allow discouragement to cause you to pull down the rope. Don't allow discouragement to cause you to destroy your own self. Don't allow discouragement to cause you to turn away from the living God. I want to tell you, we're near. The trumpets are sounding. The book of Revelation tells us that there's seven trumpets, seven angels to sound their trumpet. And when the Bible says that when the seventh trumpet is sounded, when that last angel, according to Revelation chapter 11, hallelujah, when that last angel sounds his trumpet, hallelujah, the Bible says that the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdom of God and of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you right now, every trumpet has something associated with it. Every trumpet has an event associated with it. The Bible says that the children of Israel, in the days that Jesus was here, they were able to discern the face of the sky. They were able to tell when the rain was going to come or when it's going to be a good day, but they could not discern the signs of the time. They were not able to discern that their Messiah was in their midst to save them. They were not able to discern that Jesus has come to prepare them, that when he comes again, they will not be destroyed. It was the spies that came the first time to prepare Rahab for the second coming. I speak to someone today. Don't push the spies out your house. Don't throw them out into the the spies come with a message of salvation. The preacher comes with a message of good news. I come with a message to save your soul today. If any man will hear the voice of God, do not harden your heart. But hear the word of God. There is no other hope. But in the Lord Jesus Christ. She was prepared for the first time. Hallelujah. That when they come back the second time, they're not coming to hide. They're not coming to, to lay up on a roof and hide under some stalks of flax. They're not coming to allow the scum to scum. I want to tell you that those spies, they represented Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. How, you ask? Well, the Bible says that when she took them, she brought them up onto the roof. When we check that word for the roof in the Hebrew language, that it means literally 
literally means the covering of an altar. Mama Sita. She brought them up to the top of the altar. The Bible says that then she, she buried them by stalks of flax. That word stock literally means tree. When you check the root, it literally means tree. She put them where the tree was. She put them by the tree. And then she buried them under the flax. And she put them on top of the roof, which was the altar. I want you to understand all things in the scriptures are not just for us to see, wow, what a good story. But it's to us for us to recognize that Jesus Christ is Lord. When she buried them there, the Bible declares they were on the roof. Mighty God, on the place they put flax on top of the roof for the sun to dry it. That means that as they were laying there under the flax, by the start with the tree, on top of the altar that the sun scorching hot was blazing up there but they couldn't move why because it's a burnt offering Jesus Christ was crucified on the tree hallelujah for you as a burnt offering hallelujah and once they took him down off the cross the bible says that they buried him for three days when she took them down from the housetop when she took their bodies off the altar oh god when she took them off that tree, uh, mighty God, uh, the Bible says, she said, now three days go into the hills. Hallelujah. The scripture says that for three days, Jesus was in the heart of the earth. Uh, they couldn't find him. Uh, they went searching at his grave. Uh, but after three days, he was gone. They couldn't find Jesus. Uh, he was ascended. The rulers of this world uh, had to make up cheap lies uh, and said his disciples stole him away. Uh, but I come to tell you, don't believe a lie in this hour. There are many liars that are going around saying there's no such thing as God. Saying that the, the end shall not come. Saying this pandemic is just for a time and we're going right back to normal. But I want to tell someone today that Jesus Christ, he's gone to prepare a place for you that where he is there you may be also. Jesus Christ is coming again this second time. It's on the last day at the last trumpet that when that trumpet sounds the Bible says that we shall be raised up only those who have the three conditions of this covenant will be resurrected do you have the covering? are you under cover? are you under the cover of Jesus Christ right now? or are you in sin? Someone hearing me right now is pricked to their heart. Someone hearing this message is asking the question, what should I do now? I hear the message. I hear the voice of the Lord speaking to me. But how do I get undercover? Well, I want you to understand. Jesus said, and listen to this. Nicodemus came to Jesus. And Nicodemus said to Jesus, Master, listen, Rabbi, we know that you are sent from God. Because no man can do the works that you're doing. He came just like Rahab. Rahab said, listen, spies, I, I know there's no other God but your God. We know. She said, my people, they know that your God is the true God. But they did. They were not willing to submit to his authority. Nicodemus came and he said, we know that you're sent of God. Jesus said, listen to me. Having that knowledge can't save you. Knowing that I'm of God can't help you. 
The scripture says you must be born again. Rahab, you were born into a filthy and sin-infested people and sin-infested culture. You must be born again. You must hold on to this word. Jesus says you must be born of the water and of the spirit. Have you been baptized in Jesus' name? Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Without these two witnesses, without the spirit and the water, you are none of his. Jesus says, if you're not born of the water and of the spirit, you cannot even enter into the kingdom of God. You will die and perish with this world. Have you been baptized? Have you received the spirit? The scripture teaches us. And I want us to understand it because it's serious. That when the Lord returns, and let us read this scripture carefully. Let us look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Hallelujah. 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 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We're going to look at a few verses. Praise the Lord. Sorry, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. My apologies. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 6 to 10. And it reads thus. He, speaking of Jesus, his return, he will appear with flaming fire to take vengeance. He will destroy those who do not know God or obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. He will also come to be glorified in his saints and be admired in all them that believe. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished, with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. How do we prepare ourselves? It first starts with believing the gospel of Jesus Christ. The scripture tells us in one verse what it was that saved Rahab. If we look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. One verse. It says, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. What was the problem of the people of Jericho, they did not believe. Yes, they were in fear. Yes, they were trembling. But when one truly believes, that person will put their trust in the Lord. There will be works that accompany that faith. It's, the Bible says, faith without works is dead. If Rahab says, I believe, but did not hide the spies, did not keep the covenant, did not keep that rope in her window, and did not bring her household to be saved, she would have been cut off. But the Bible says that she kept and received the spies with peace while others did not believe. 
Scripture just told us that the destruction that is coming from the that's coming from God are coming on those who did not obey the gospel or did not believe the gospel of Jesus. Will you be ready when the Lord returns? The trumpets are sounding now. The last and seventh trumpet is about to sound. We're at the last day. This is the time we need to start preparing, looking up. Because Jesus is about to return. Jesus told us what his will was. Why did he even come? Why did Jesus come? Jesus tells us in John chapter 6. I just want to read a verse for you there. John chapter 6. We're about to close in John 6 verses uh, 36 to 40. But I say unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that comes to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Listen to this. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which sees the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the only way? Do you believe that he is the Father manifested in the flesh? That he is the God of heaven that has come to save us? There's a reason why it was Joshua under his administration that Rahab was saved. Because Joshua represented Jesus Christ, the Savior. His name literally means God is our salvation. In fact, the name Jesus is the same as the name Joshua. God is our salvation. Jesus has come that on the last day, when that last trumpet is, sound, is, is sounded, that you and I who have believed in him, who have kept his covenant, held on to it, who have stayed under cover, under the covering of his blood, the covering of his word, the covering of his peace, that we will be raised up with him. Are you undercover today? If you're undercover, I encourage you to stay undercover. Because as we see what's happening in the world right now, it will only get worse. But the encouragement is this, that your Savior is marching around the walls. And just at the last trump, when we hear that sound is heard, he will come to save us. Lift your hands where you are right now. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, mighty God, for the person who is listening today who has been convicted and has been pricked to their heart, Lord Jesus. Lord, they have heard your word and they're ready to do something about it. Father, we heard that there is no other way except through you, Lord Jesus. For it is only by your blood that we have peace with the Father. 
It is only through the shedding of blood that there is remission and removal of sins. Lord, I pray right now, dear God, for someone who is stuck between two opinions. Lord, they're considering, but they have not made up their mind. I pray today for them, Holy Spirit, that Lord, you would touch them in a special way. Cause Lord Jesus, their fears to subside. Cause the confusion to be diminished. And I pray that you would bring clarity into their spirit. Lord, let the message of Jesus Christ, that testimony, reach their soul. Mama Sataya, even now, dear God, I pray that you would break, uh, Lord Jesus, the spirit of darkness and blindness from off your people. Those who are trusting in their selves, Lord God, those whose focus is on business, uh, those whose focus is, Lord God, on their homes, on their careers, Lord Jesus, uh, and have neglected, Lord Jesus, the, the, the focus of Christ and of your kingdom. I pray you would bring them back to you, Lord Jesus. Uh, bring us back into a place, dear God, uh, of Lord Jesus, uh, commitment to you, dear God, of submission, Lord God, to your word. I pray even now, dear Lord Jesus, that those heavenly father who have wandered far away, dear God, hallelujah, who Lord Jesus have taken up, Lord God, the offer of Satan, dear God, who Lord Jesus have taken up, oh Lord God, the greed of this world, dear God, the Holy Spirit, they would bow, Lord God, in submission to you even now, dear God, they would let go, hallelujah, dear Lord Jesus, those heavenly father who their focus is God, video games, dear God, music, dear Lord God, movies, dear God, everything, Lord Jesus, to distract and entertain. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would pluck their minds, my God, and bring it back into your presence. Help them to look out the window, dear God, to see the signs of the time, dear God, to recognize that the trumpets are blowing, dear God, and the final trumpet is about to blow, dear God. And when it comes, dear God, you're coming back, dear God, to deliver your people and to destroy those, Mama Masitaya, that have not received your testimony, my God. I pray even now, dear God, that there would be a release, Mama Masataya, of conviction upon the hearts of those who hear your word right now, dear God, that they would receive, hallelujah, the peace that the gospel brings, hallelujah, and prepare themselves, hallelujah, to be delivered. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask these things, in Jesus' holy name. Praise the Lord. If you have heard the word, hallelujah, and have been touched, do not stay in the same position. Prepare yourself to change. If you hear this word and do nothing with it, yes, even you who has been in church for over 30 years, if you are not staying under the covering of the covenant of the Lord, if we're not abiding in his words, if our lips are still backbiting, if we're still murmuring, if we're still speaking against our brothers and sisters, if we're still holding a, a spirit of pride, if we're still harboring a spirit of arrogance, the haughty spirit will fall, but he gives grace to the humble. I want to say, stay inside the house. Stay by the window. Watch and pray and be prepared. Keep that rope. Keep the blood in the window. Stay under it and be prepared for the Lord is about to return. I close with this scripture. The Bible says that when Satan is cast out in the book of Revelation chapter 12, there's one verse that is given to us that I want to close with. It says, 
when Satan was cast out, cast down to the to, to, cast out of heaven, the Bible says in verse 11 of Revelation 12, they overcame him by one, the blood of the lamb, by two, the word of their testimony, and by three, they love not their lives unto the death. One, it's the blood of Jesus that covers us. Our trust is in the blood, not in a vaccine, not in medications, not in a, a, a leader, but it's in the blood. Number two, the word of their testimony. What is your testimony today? Is the testimony. Scripture says that the spirit is what testifies. It's the spirit of truth that testifies. Do you have the spirit of Jesus Christ inside of you? That is the testimony according to 1 John chapter 5. Do we have the spirit, the, the, the testimony that Jesus is alive? Is the spirit of God in us? Without the spirit, we are none of his. That's the testimony. And number three, they love not their lives unto the death. Meaning, they decided, I'm not going to try and save my life. I'm not going to try and, and, and I'm not going to abandon the covenant. I'm, even if they put a gun to my head, even if they draw their sword to kill me and say, deny the name of Jesus. Oh, Shama. If they tell me I cannot eat unless I take this mark. Unless I give them my hand to take a mark and I give and I allow them to imprint that thing in my body, will I still hold fast to the covenant? Will I still stay undercover? Even if it means that I must die. The Bible says that those, hallelujah, who love not their lives unto the death, they are the ones that will be saved. Now it's not time. To run out into the streets. To go about living a life of luxury and enjoyment. It's not time to be seeking boyfriends and girlfriends. And trying to, you know, just find the, 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 the pleasures of this life. It doesn't mean that you, you cannot get married and all those things. But I, I simply mean focus on the Lord. Because now is the time to be looking out the window. Because Jesus is about to return. Stay under cover. God bless you.